We are now recording, so we can, as you just put it, do this episode and then go back to bed. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you are actually 100% correct about that right now. It's like, let's do this episode so we can go back to bed. Uh, peek behind the curtain, everyone. Uh, we've, I think we've lapsed a year in pandemic. Yeah, because it would have been about this time last year that we were yeah. doing not Lost Boys, but the whatever Lord the, the flies, Lord of the Flies, whatever. What are we doing, Lost Boys? I mean, they were kind of like Peter Pan shitty kids, anyway. Um, so yeah, and we were like, hey, it'll probably be a two week lockdown. We'll get back to things, and we're like, nah, with this government, uh. We are in Texas, and our governor is a shithead. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, we don't have a plan of returning back to Tori's office. Which is but, probably uh, good right now because it is trashed. There are boxes and things all over because I've been using it as my day job office, too. That's totally fine. Um or we can always just return to Amanda's place, who knows, uh, where it is still a land of milk, honey, and um, owl-shaped wine stoppers. Yay! <laughs> so, as you can probably hear, we're, you're, both of your hosts are exhausted, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, we're doing our best. Uh, we are going to do our best to continue to bring you this show because we know it matters to a lot of people outside of us. But uh, we're tired, so please be nice. <laughs> and this week, we're also talking about a bunch of people who are really tired of shit. And that is us covering Julius Caesar. Yeah. Um, so that was an accidental segue, but here we are. <laughs> so, uh, Salwe Victoria, which means hello in Latin. Hello. I don't really speak any Latin. I'm like, previous. I, I don't know. <laughs> I took Latin for far too long. And I was one of the Latin students that actually got to see the Colosseum. Because every Latin book has the Colosseum on it. And it's like, it's right there. Look at it. Did you freak out? A little bit. Like, when you've only seen something as a picture for like 10 fucking years... And it's in front of you. It's like, oh shit! It's it's there. It's. <laughs> I love my family. We went to UK and saw Stonehenge, and I was excited. I was like, "This is cool." My mom's like, "Well, this is Stonehenge." <laughs> like, Have you seen Stonehenge too? No, I haven't been to Stonehenge too yet. It's out here in Texas. It's basically a replica at what is it the it's a museum it's like the no cultures. it's not no it's not oh it's, I thought okay it was. let me tell you the story of stonehenge too because you me and your mom are going on a road trip so it's out in the hill country like i know i got there like going towards fredericksburg because uh, it was a friend and it's basically just some dude wanted stonehenge and he built it out in the <laughs> hill country that's very texan i mean we have falkenstein castle too right like like oh, hey, we also have we also have Shangri Lama, which is amazing, and I want to go so bad. They're like booked out in advance, though. Yeah, let's go. Oh, Shangri Lama is actually near my neck of the woods. We're but, driving um, yeah, to it's Roy just, City. Woo! <laughs> but like, it's literally just Stonehenge, and there's some Moai East Island heads, and they're just there. And there's some great photos of me at Stonehenge too, because I'm just like over it. It's like what the fuck? Like I had like the blackest moment of just like white people. I want to take a picture and just combine the picture of my family and I next to Stonehenge going, wow. And you with your picture next to Stonehenge too going, wow. And I'll send it to you because <laughs> I'm just over it. Because it's just, yeah, like you're right. Like it's so Texan. It's like, I want Stonehenge. I build. And he just Now, sometimes he does, he the owner or like the property They'll let like pagans use it for festivals and stuff, which I think is really chill and cool. There's actually like, some 
Shakespeare performances that happen out there, which is also super cool. I'd love to see Macbeth out there. But like the idea of just like, I want a Stonehenge in my yard. <laughs> like, why not? Congratulations, sir. Like that's Texas. There it is. I mean, you understand Texas. Amarillo has the um, Ozymandias legs. Yes. Like, I just want to know if some English major has gone up there and just yelled in fire and fury the Percy Bysshe Shelley poem just at the top of their lungs. I mean, I'm sure some English majors done it. And if not, I mean, would we want to associate with that English major? I don't know, but I'm sure some English major has done it. Um, But yeah, I've seen the Colosseum. It's actually called Flavian's Amphitheater because Flavian built it. And that's one of those like dumb Latin things that Latin students will do to people when it's like, oh, it's the cause. It's actually Flavian's Amphitheater. And it's like, suck a dick. Is this when I get into the whole thing about St. Basil's Cathedral is not really St. Basil's Cathedral, but no one calls it by its real name because it's been St. Basil's Cathedral for so long at this point that nobody gives a crap in Russia? I think it's what you do with that because if it's like actively detrimental, then yes, correct someone. But if it's just like you're being a dick because you know something... Like I was at like the Frankenstein's monster and champagne arguments. Like I was at a, I was at the, it was the first movie I had seen all last year. I was at the uh, Lupin the third movie. Oh yeah. And uh, some guy in the front, because they had like a cool little reel where it had like the director talking about the history of Lupin because Lupin's a really old character. And uh, this guy in the front or like a row in front of me was like, that's the creator. That's monkey punch. And I'm like, Monkey Punch is dead. No, it's not. Because <laughs> I'm a dick. And I'm acknowledging I'm a dick. I appreciate the fact that at least you don't destroy library books. No, absolutely So not. some somebody who's extremely pedantic has gone and gone through all the books of uh, Russian culture and no, it was not me, and crossed out the in front of Ukraine. Because for a long time, we referred to it as the Ukraine, but it's really just referred to as Ukraine. And so some asshole in the San Antonio Public Library decided that they didn't like that it said the, so they crossed it out in front of all the books. I only know this because I've checked out pretty much every book on Russian culture from our San Antonio Public Library. And every time I want to leave just like a post note inside that says, I swear to God, I did not do this. Hey, uh, guy who did that, Fuck you. <laughs> Listen, we understand it's incorrect. Let it go. The book was written in 1987. Anyway, um, you so uh, you have this title as the world's first recorded autopsy. That is not correct. It's not? No. I thought it was the first recorded and publicized autopsy. Uh, okay, technically it was, but no one cared about it. Tori gets the point for being technically correct. I get the pedantic point because you can't really call it an autopsy. Flailing around in someone's innards an autopsy does not make. We'll go into it in a little bit. (laughs) Flailing in someone's innards an autopsy does not make. I mean, Um, what else do you call it? Saturday night uh what are we eating so in theory we are eat, we are drinking red wine with or without a lead-based sweetener i didn't put any uh, lead in it oh good um they're all i've also requested just figs honey and bread i'll probably have that later i don't have it right now because i am remarkably dehydrated i'm gonna need you to drink some water i have water so, okay, f- fun uh, jaunt into Amanda's medical uh, stuff. I suffer from really high blood pressure because I'm black and like flavor. Um, <laughs> I like food to taste good. Um, also, I've been taking like corticosteroids since I was a child. So I have high blood pressure. Um, and my doctor was concerned with my blood pressure. So I'm on like two different medications, my blood pressure, and my pulse. Both are nothing but Lasix. 
those say, are like to pee all the time i and not just that like because i honestly don't have to pee all the time it's more of just like whatever moisture is in my body just evaporates <laughs> i'm so dry <laughs> like so i can't imagine drinking alcohol right now i think i turned to dust <laughs> I was like, your body just matches your sense of humor now. I don't think, is my, is my sense of humor that dry? It can be sometimes. I've never thought of my humor as dry. Ah. That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, just have a nice Roman meal. Uh, the lead based sweetener, which I probably have to explain. Uh, back in Rome, it was called defrutum. And it was a sweetener made of like dried fruit, and they would add that to wine because the wine they had was gross. Like, and they acknowledged it was gross. It wasn't like, oh, this is delicious. Like, they knew it tasted like shit. Um, the problem is that they made defrutum in lead pots. Oops. Um, the Romans loved working with lead. <laughs> and lead poisoning is actually a current theory as to why so many of the Roman kings and queens were insane it's also why so many black people have issues because of the lead crisis in poorer neighborhoods that's why you always hear people make jokes about don't eat the lead paint yeah don't eat, don't eat the ch paint chips yeah it's a there's actually some great videos on the internet about like how being exposed to lead as a child really fucks with you and there's a lot of lead in black communities especially poor black communities so like it's almost like a whole other reparations discussion because black people have just been like at the disadvantage since jump like we didn't stand a chance <laughs> like we try it out here and now there's lead there's actually a whole belief now that the reason we had so many serial killers in the 70s 80s and very early 90s is because of lead pain exposure to small children yeah, so like also, uh, once they gasoline. stop doing that you'll see that like the numbers have dropped and yeah you're right leaded gasoline as well yeah i've read that a lot with leaded gasoline that there was like like that's like the 50s that's why like the 50s and 60s were so wild it's just lead fumes everywhere uh so there are some interesting uh talks about lead in rome i personally don't like believing that because i like people having agency so then when you get to like crazier emperors in the Julio-Claudian line. Uh, Ain't no party like a Caligula party. He threw some great parties though. I like when he got into a war with Neptune. I'm just going to stab the ocean. That is actually not accurate. Damn it. I want to stab the ocean. So, okay. He did do just that. Ki just kidding. <laughs> Neptune, don't get mad at me. Yeah. He, okay. So let me rephrase that. He did go to war with Neptune. He did have guys stab the ocean and bring back coins. But it's a lot less insane than people make it sound. Like, basically, it was a giant show of force. Like, look at how big my dick is. I'm going to go fucking fight God. <laughs> yes. Whenever I tell somebody I want to fight God, I need you guys to know that I'm not talking about the Judeo-Christian God of which I follow. No, I'm talking about how much I want to fight fucking Zeus. Right, like, when we say we want to fight God, we're talking about, like, fucking <laughs> Dionysus. Oh, and I ain't going up against any of the Celtic uh, pantheon. <laughs> no. No, I saw that Deadliest no. Warrior episode. That sounded scary. But uh Morgan is tired of her shit. But yeah, like, people always make it sound like it was just like this crazy, like, Dr. Livingston jaunt down to the ocean to stabby stab some water. And it was really just like a, look at how big my dick is. <laughs> like, Caligula was not as insane as Nero. He knew what he was doing. I need you to know that I have something to help us with this. Yes. Hang on. Yeah, uh, uh. yeah, that got added to my phone. Board. Well, just that. That's the only sound effect we have. Oh, and shit, that's just because it's on my phone. But I can shit. add more. And that's all Wes's fault. But that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> do you want to do short story long? Because it's not really short as usual. 
as usual exactly that's why i call it short story long because I, just... I go in there and i'm like bitches okay i saw what you read in spark notes but here's some important crap you need to know i feel like there's instances where the short story long is actually longer than the work that's why we don't do a whole lot of short stories <laughs> we also never said what we're reading so we are reading julius caesar the play by william shakespeare but we're probably going to be talking more about Julius Caesar and Rome because it's more fun because we've already beaten the Shakespeare horse to death. Um, if you want to know more about Shakespeare himself, I would recommend listening to our Romeo and Juliet episode. We go into a lot more detail about him. Yes. Obviously, I will be including the important phrases that come from this play because there are a lot that we still continue to use. Um, but that'll be later on in the episode. I'm going to. We did this in Hamlet, didn't we? Yes, we've done this. We did Hamlet. I can't remember if we've done Macbeth. We haven't done Macbeth yet. Okay, because part of me is like, yeah, Scotland, let's do it. And the other part of me is like, no, Scotland, let's not do it. <laughs> um, we're, we're obviously doing Julius Caesar because the Ides of March approach. As of recording, it's in two days. Um, celebrate appropriately. You know what's really interesting with yes. the calendar in this play? So Julius Caesar basically kind of created like the, hey, we're going to move into this part. Well, not created, but we're going to use this particular calendar because y'all are fucking crazy. We're going to have these particular months. I'm going to put myself in July because I'm Julius Caesar. So July. And then augustus caesar fucked it up and was like i want a month too and that's why we have august and that's why october which is supposed to be the eighth month is actually the 10th month it's a whole thing anyway i have a note about that but thank you tori for crossing it off my list we will go into more detail i guess okay so two elected officials known as tribunes come out to find that a ton of people are hanging out and not working and they immediately start to insult them like what the hell are you doing they say we're here to see Julius Caesar. And they're like, well, that's freaking stupid. I mean, he's coming back from a campaign, calm down. And then they're like, hey, it's also Lupercalia. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, then you can be here, I guess. The tribunes go and they're like, why are all these decorations on the Caesar statue? He's not a god. So they start taking him down, which is a bad idea because later we find out that they got killed for that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Julius Caesar strolls in like a boss complete with his entourage of his wife Calpurnia, Brutus, Cassius, and Antony. He is super into himself. He's speaking in the third person, which is really uncomfortable, not unlike an elected political figure in the United States, which we'll go into later. <laughs> A soothsayer comes running up and is like, beware the Ides of March, aka March 15th. And mm -hmm. Julius is like, whatever, bro, no one can hurt me. Also, I'm not superstitious, which is interesting because later he cuts open animals to read their entrails. Moving on. Brutus is a super serious guy. He's kind of annoying in that regard. He's not into racing. He's not into any of the fun stuff. He's there and he's all about his honor. And mm -hmm. Cassius comes up to him. And he's like, Brutus, you seem really fucking weird. What is wrong with you lately? Are you mad at me? Brutus is like, no, I'm just frustrated. I have some depressions, some internal thoughts. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's cool. And Cassius is like, oh, good. <laughs> Glad we're cool anyway i wish you could see how cool you are you're a total badass and the people really really like you and you know that's important and in my brain this boils down to that whole thing that meme with the sunflowers facing each other you're my bros or you're my son bro yeah bro like that's just where that goes anyway <laughs> brutus is like so um what do you actually want? Because I'm pretty sure you're thinking of something dangerous because you really only do this when you want to do something stupid. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I've got some, some questions. Brutus is super uncomfortable with people looking at Caesar like a king because he's worried that, you know, the Republic is going to be overturned and become mm -hmm. an, either an emperor or a king or something like that. Mostly because if you go back 400 years, Brutus's family actually fought to destroy the monarchy in Italy at the time or Rome at the time. So that's always big on his head. Like, let's never do that again. Cassius is like, oh yeah, you know, he's just another immortal like us. He's got weaknesses. He could totally cause problems, but he's careful with his opinions, but you can see him slowly working on Brutus's mind. And he's like, well, if, you know, if we don't do anything about it, it's going to be on us. Brutus starts thinking about it. Caesar returns and advises Antony not to trust 
or that he doesn't trust Cassius because he has a lean and hungry look. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'd rather be around fat people because fat people are more trustworthy. What? Anyway, Caesar bails and another politician, Casca, starts to talk to Brutus and Cassius and says, well, you know, three times during these celebrations, they offered the crown to Caesar. Mark Antony did. And they're mm-hmm. like, what? And they go, oh, well, he denied it each time. But you could see each time it was a little harder for him to deny it. And then at the very end, he had a full-on seizure. Mm-hmm. And Brutus goes home. He's thinking over what Cassius says. Meanwhile, Cassius is like, okay, so how do I get Brutus to help us? Because if I don't get Brutus to help us, I don't think I'm going to be able to get as many conspirators because people really like Brutus. Mm-hmm. Overnight, Rome has a major storm with all sorts of insane omens, like people's hands being on fire, areas getting destroyed, entire storms hitting the city. Mm-hmm. Pathetic fallacy. Anyway, Brutus finds a letter in his house that supposedly was written by a Roman citizen who is worried about Caesar becoming too powerful. I mean, obviously Cassius wrote this, but Brutus is like, oh, it must be for the common good. We got to kill this guy. So Cassius ends up showing up at Brutus's house with the other conspirators. And Brutus is like, I'm on board here. Let's make this happen. Cassius goes, let's go ahead and have an oath. And Brutus is like, no, we do no oaths. We don't do oaths. We don't need that. The men agree to lure Caesar out near the um, Senate and kill him. And Cassius mm-hmm. is like, let's kill Antony too. And Brutus is like, no, 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 no. That'd be super dishonorable. You know, we're attacking the body. We don't need to hack it to pieces. Mm-hmm. They all agree and leave. Brutus's wife, Portia, comes out and goes, what's wrong? Tell me about what's happening. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you. So she stabs herself in the freaking leg to prove that she is worthy. And if you watch TikTok, the only thing I could hear in my head at that point is, ooh, I'm mentally ill. Anyway. Accurate. Caesar is getting ready to go to the Senate for the day, and his wife, Calpurnia, loses her shit. She's had a nightmare where his statue is covered in blood, and men surround it with blood on their hands. Caesar is like, I am not a superstitious guy. You're being nuts. Anyway, kill this animal. We'll read its entrails. Oh, that's not great. Oh, okay. She finally convinces him, but one of his conspirators shows up and goes, that's not what that dream means. It means that, you know, you're inspiring the blood of all these people and we're going to continue to move forward and expand the Roman Empire. And he's like, all right. He goes, besides, if you don't show up, you're going to look like a wuss. And he's like, yeah, okay, we'll go to the Senate so I don't look weak. Because he, he was refusing to give this guy a reason. He's like, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, are you sick? Do you need me to have a reason? It's fine. He's like, just, just come on. So Caesar is walking through the street to the Senate. The soothsayer tries to get his attention and he's like, whatever, you know, you said beware the Ides of March, it's the Ides of March. He goes, yeah, but it's here, but it's not over yet. Slow drink. Um, so this other guy comes up, tries to give Caesar a written warning that, you know, somebody's probably coming after him. He's like, I don't have time. I'm as constant as the Northern Star, all this shit. The conspirators surround Caesar and they stab him to death. And when Mm -hmm. Caesar realizes that even Brutus is stabbing him, he gives up and dies with the famous line, et tu Brute, which in the history, either he didn't, according to history, he either didn't say anything or he said, and you too, child. So, oh, yeah. Or he just fucking moans like he's getting stabbed a bunch of times. Like I, (laughs) I watch a lot of crime television. As you may be able to tell by my everything. By, by your entire being. Yeah, uh, which is actually a John Mulaney reference that I keep <laughs> lifting. Like, as you can tell by my everything, uh, I really like crime television. So uh, he got stabbed a bunch of times. He's probably not forming sentences. Supposedly 23 times. Anyway, so Caesar's dead. They decide, hey, we're going to bathe with his blood we're putting it all over our hands to our elbows which is weird but okay mm-hmm. Antony shows up on the scene and is like what the fuck did you guys do I can't believe you killed him why would you kill him and he asks why and Brutus is like we're gonna explain at his funeral like don't worry we've got you we've got this and Antony is like oh, what the hell and he's like okay I'm probably in danger so he's like can I at least speak at the funeral Brutus is like, of course. Cassius goes, you're crazy, bro, because he's going to try and do something stupid. And he's like, no, you know, he knows better. He knows why we, he knows that this was for the common good. It'll be fine. And Cassius is like, okay, bro, you don't know people. Antony's like, 
when everybody leaves, I'm going to avenge my friend. Mm -hmm. Funeral is at the forum. It's a very big area. There's a lot of people there. They have to do funeral orations in two parts. Brutus tries to calmly tell the people what happened. He makes the conspirators look like, hey, this was a sacrifice we had to make because I love Rome and I love it so much more than just a figurehead. Mm -hmm. Antony appears with Caesar's body, which is pretty dramatic, and makes a very famous speech with a lot of, you know, double speak. And he rallies the people. He mm -hmm. reads Caesar's will to show how generous Caesar would have been to these people, and the crowd rages. Mm -hmm. They start killing innocent people who have similar names to the conspirators. It's bloody, it's nasty, it's terrible. Caesar's adopted son, Octavius, comes to Rome. He forms a coalition with Antony and Lepidus, and they create a list of people who need to die, including close family members. They prefer to fight Cassius and Brutus in a bloody civil war. Mm-hmm. Shit is going down at the conspirators' camp. Brutus and Cassius have a huge fight over money. Brutus advises that Portia killed herself by swallowing hot coals, and he's grieving. The ghost of Caesar appears before Brutus that night and says, Hey, I'll meet you tomorrow on the battlefield! But, like, more dramatically. And Brutus starts going around going, Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Okay, everybody was asleep. Crap. So the armies march towards each other. Antony tells Octavius where to attack, and Octavius is like, No, I'm in charge here showing that he's getting ready to take control as ruler of Rome, which is exactly what no one wanted. Oops. Cassius sees his own men fleeing. He asks his friend what's going on, and then he realizes that things are going badly. He thinks he sees one of his friends being captured, but it's actually fellow troops. But he doesn't realize that before, you know, Cassius has one of his friends kill him. Oops. Brutus sees that everything is going wrong. He has one of his soldiers hold a sword for him and impales him on it and dies. Oops. Brutus sees that all this shit is happening. He's, it's over. He's dead. Octavius and Antony come out and celebrate. Antony speaks over Brutus's body, calling him the noblest Roman of all. And they go to celebrate. Because Zoom is Zoom. We're going to take a quick break while I get Amanda back on. Okay. okay. We did it. For those okay. of you who are, are listening right now, it probably just sounds like, oh, there was a there was a brief pause. But friends, yes. I'm gonna kick Amanda's router in the teeth. <laughs> Thank yeah. God bless hotspots. I'll try not to keep it on your phone too long. Oh, don't worry about it. I pay uh Sprint slash T Mobile an exorbitant amount of money for this. So fuck them. Uh I just got a text message from them saying there's a service outage. Thank you. I noticed. Thank you. Well, the good uh, news is that means we'll, we'll do this quickly so you can get back to your real life. <laughs> Restoral estimated by 4 p.m. Guess who's watching Destination Truth after this? <laughs> you got to get All your right. truth somewhere. All right. We're on okay. the themes and symbols. I just finished rambling through the short story long since it took forever anyway oh, you're forever it was like 10 minutes okay well i'm old anyway my time is short my time is short anyway <laughs> tori's over here blasting me i think i came to a conclusion very quickly and executed a plan oh no uh, i'm not talking about you i'm talking about i took forever on oh my, i was like excuse i am not critiquing you this is not i was you. about to fight Okay, uh, themes and symbols. So, Lupercalia is legitimately one of my favorite holidays. It is in which a bunch of men wear wolf skins and uh, beat women with birch twigs to make them like them. Which just sounds like college men trying to date. I mean, they're, they're just trying to get out there. So, in Tori, you've seen my dating adventures. Like, Men, men really do be doing the most sometimes, don't they? Oh my god, some of those profiles you send me. I'm just like, when my husband eventually dies, because he will probably die before me, because just the sheer amount of times he's been hurt or hospitalized in his life. And ignores doctors. And ignores doctors. I'm not going to date again. I'm just going to form a cat colony out in the middle of somewhere. I'm going to get some land in like a wide open space of texas i'm gonna have a little house i'm gonna do my weird crap and just be like 
please don't enter the inner sanctum. I don't have time for this garbage. Yeah. Uh, so that's Luper Colley in a short. Tori, do you want to talk about how it pertains to the novel or play? So Luper Kelly in this is the it's February 14th ish because they're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was proto Valentine's Day and then the, the Christians took it over. So Mark Antony is going to be running in the race and Caesar makes this whole big point of, hey, uh, Calpurnia, I need you to stand in his way so that he can quote unquote run into you because that'll help your fertility, which was a belief during this festival that if people were participating in the games and they ran in front of a woman or like ran into a woman or encountered them, then that would help their fecundity. Anyway, so we have that whole thing going on, which freaks out the whole Senate because they're like, he's trying to get an heir because he wants to be king. That's what they're worried about. Mm. Plague and insurrection. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about Shakespeare doing this before, of setting current problems mm -hmm. in a past sense or a different country so we can get away with talking about them. So in this particular thing, Elizabeth I was towards the end of her life. Uh, she was very, very close to death. She had no kids, she had never gotten married which bugged the heck out of Shakespearean people. But she was also getting more controlling and weird the closer she got to dying. So there started to be riots of people forming bands to try and bring her down. Um, people who mm. had also just gone through a very serious plague that was all over the poor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we feel that. Um, so yep. this is all stuff that had also occurred in Rome, that it occurred there also occurs in the united states both about the time of the civil war and now which is why historians get freaked out um we could tie this into a QAnon yeah. conspiracy but i don't want to spend two hours doing that so um, um two so side notes there one uh typically the plague is usually dysentery that they talk about uh dysentery loved rome because rome had soldiers and uh, centurions and their men would bring that kind of stuff back. So typically the plague is dysentery and so you get to the Justinian plague, which they think might've actually been an early bubonic plague because Amanda knows too much. Also uh, on YouTube, there's a great series on Elizabeth I and the last one is called Gloriana and it talks about uh, her death and the stuff that she did while she was dying was insane. Like she, basically felt like if she were to go to bed she would die so she like stood up for days and would just like sit around or stand and everyone is telling her to go to bed because like you're clearly not well and she's like stop trying to fucking kill me if I go to bed I'm gonna die and like some of the things she says is just like weird and like Nostradamus prophetic and strange like the whole pageantry of Elizabeth the first dying is insane but yeah it's it's the last part of it's a four part series obviously and the last part's Gloriana and it's amazing um Elizabeth was up to some shit and like I love that we praise her the way we do especially in the west like but you know she's she was up to some shit yeah, which is really interesting because we as a culture like to villainize uh, Mary. You know, she has the reputation mm -hmm. of being Bloody Mary, Mary Tudor, all that. Um, mm -hmm. They both did a lot of shitty stuff. They killed a lot of people with the quote unquote name do of you, religion. Do you, do you know my plan to uh, free Mary from Elizabeth? Mm -mm. So that's one of the big things that I want to do. Like if I was ever to become like Lex Luthor rich and just like have money i would love for one Anne boleyn to get a better burial spot and two i would love to remove mary from elizabeth because right now they're like on top of each other and they hated each other oh in westminster so abbey much. yeah it is and the like weirdest valid... grave too it is so weird grave. it's so weird but like they hated each other and the people who buried because basically, like, Mary died first. So she was there and she was kicking it. And then they, like, threw all of Elizabeth's shit, like, on top of her. That was James the First doing. I think part of it was just to 
mess around because his mom was Mary Queen of Scots. I know, and James was a dick who was gay, but those two so, things are completely separate points, just in case anybody's gonna question that. Yeah, he was he was so gay. Uh but like that was just so awful because they hated each other. And it wasn't like a mystery, it wasn't like something they took to their graves. Like they obviously hated each other. Please separate them. I don't care if you put Mary like adjacent into the side. Just put her somewhere else. Their grave Take is kind of like to sp- it's like the yes. ultimate get along shirt, but like petty in a in a not nice way. Take her back to Spain where she loved, so she can be with her mom, who she loved. Catherine of Aragon, who was the shit. Have you Catherine heard Ar- the musical yes. um, Six Nine. about the? There, no, there's one called Six now. It's just about oh, the wives six, of Henry yes. VIII. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's very, parts of it are, are very like techno remix, but like yes. Anne of Cleves is amazing in that. Olive Cleves. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was raised Lutheran, but there you go. <laughs> also, that might, that might be, there might be some bias there because as a Catholic, I just mostly see Henry VIII as a like, this is what you get for trying to separate yourself from the church. There's a, <laughs> a line in Anne Voiland's song where she's talking about them getting excommunicated and she goes, chill, it's totes God's will. And it makes me laugh every time. I would just be that like sassy cardinal in the back. It's like, this is what you get. Ooh. <laughs> so, like, so some more yeah. symbols and stuff like that. Casca points the sword to the sky the day before the attack when they're all meeting together and he's mm-hmm. actually the first person who stabs Caesar. Yes. It's supposed to be a whole thing. Um, this is what happens when you accidentally check out the audiobook from the library that has the explanations after people talk and you're like, I didn't want this, but also okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit of talked about it on the podcast before about pathetic fallacy, which is basically people thinking that the emotions are an indicator of what's happening, which is the storm in this particular book. Yeah, uh, nature does not care about you or your feelings, as we can attest by the snowstorm that we faced. Mm-hmm. Um, the Senate is really nasty about the people as a whole. Basically, they're the stinking horde. You know, there are these people that are just, they, they consider them to be stupid and easily changeable, which we see them be easily changeable. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, people didn't trust the Senate. They thought they were just, you know, they're wasting their time and money, which mm-hmm. I'm just going to let that hang there for a minute. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about Roman politics, the way it was set up, is that you did have the Senate, which was all powerful. You used to have an emperor, or in Caesar's case, dictator for life. He said that, um, but it has a very different connotation to it than what we mean and what we assume. Because we're when we say dictator for life, we're thinking of like a Saddam Hussein or a Pol Pot. And okay, I'm sorry. This is a tangent, and I know it's a tangent, but there's an episode of Deadliest Warrior where it's Saddam Hussein versus Pol Pot. I don't know why you'd want to recreate this. I don't know why you want to redo this, but sure. So Deadliest Warrior always has like experts. I used air quotes if you're uh, thinking about what we look like while we record, which don't. Um, There's a reason I don't post those on YouTube for the most part, unless we're cosplaying. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, like the Saddam Hussein experts were at least like paramilitary guys, like, oh, well, we served in whatever. But like one of the Paul Pot experts was like, oh, my family was killed by the Khmer Rouge and I survived. So it's like, okay, cool, I guess. So they're doing one of the weapons tests and the guy's like, ah, yes, that's the sound that I remember. Oh my gosh. Right, and it's like, uh, sir? Are you going to be okay while we horrifically revisit your trauma? He's totally fine, super chill. I don't know why they invited him, except to like tell his story. But like, that has always been, there are moments in Deadliest Warrior that stick out in my life. Like the one where Vlad the Impaler shoots out Sun Tsu's teacup just because he can. 
they paired up Vlad the Impaler and Sun Tzu and they have to like make them fight because otherwise it's just like because the scenario is just like Sun Tzu's out in the forest drinking tea and then there's Vlad the Impaler like over a hill with one of his weapons and he shoots out <laughs> Sun Tzu's teapot over the fire he's like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and that makes the fight deadly combat <laughs> That's their that's their inciting incident. I mean, like I would think he would be stabbing a stick up somebody he cares backside, but he does later impale Sun Tzu after he cuts off both of his hands. It's a good episode. There's also one guy. One of the experts is like a hundred percent a guy I would have fucked in high school. I love how like deadliest warrior for parts where we as americans look at certain figures and go oh my gosh that person was really really bad right they were horrible yeah and then the people in their actual country are like well actually i mean it's kind of a folk hero it's the same thing here we have figures i mean primarily in texas where oh yeah so and so he was great he did this and this and this and then you're like Actually, there's about 200 atrocities listed to their particular name, which I won't go into, but okay. Yeah, like, let's, like, don't ever talk about Davy Crockett to two different ethnic groups of people in Texas. Yeah. Because let's just say that some folks have very different opinions on Davy Crockett than, uh, than the other groups do. Um, so, as I was saying, the Senate uh, was really set up in a weird way where they were meant to sort of make decisions. They never had a strong opinion of the people. That's the rabble, it's they can't make decisions for themselves, hence why we have a Senate. Um, but realistically, it was actually a very effective Senate in a weird way. Uh, I mean, they did stuff. It wasn't great and it was corrupt. They did do stuff. So there are some great History Channel documentaries on like how the Senate actually functioned and stuff. I don't have time to go into this because both of us want to eat a late lunch and go to bed. So am I wrong? No. I, I ate right before we did this though. <laughs> I haven't eaten yet. Okay. I'm gonna make it happen for you so you can go eat. No, we're fine. Everything's fine. So we were talking a little bit about this at the beginning. We have a detailed report of how Caesar died because mm-hmm. the people demanded it they wanted to know what the hell happened to julius caesar so that's how we Mm -hmm. know he was stabbed 23 times that's Mm -hmm. how we know that there was really only one stab wound that was fatal to the aorta which actually probably came from brutus at least if you believe things going on here um so with only one of those wounds being fatal senators are really bad at killing people unless they're ted cruz moving on um no we're no <laughs> no ma'am i know ma'am. i know he's not the zodiac killer but a girl we can have to dream. put that disclaimer in before we start getting like q on bros trying to talk to us so he was actually cremated and not buried just which was somewhat rare for rome they didn't hate cremation, but they weren't super fond of it. Uh, Rome has some very particular burial customs because out of like, okay, so the Romans sprouted from the Etruscans, which were like proto-Romans who really loved murdering children. I'm just gonna, just gonna let that hang there in the air. I there have- was so much child sacrifice. There was... There was like an overabundance of child sacrifice because most cultures when they do sacrifices especially of children it's like dire fucking times the etruscans just did it <laughs> i think it's called uh blood on the altar that's another documentary that you can watch if you want to talk about like etruscan child murder i know I mean, nothing but, I but documentaries huh? <laughs> i mean but, but i like, don't but know I, but i don't that's not how i want to spend my afternoon and or evening uh, but it's called Blood on the Altar. That's a documentary that you can watch if you're super interested in that. But like, so the cultures that spread from the Etruscans were the Greeks and the Romans. The Greeks had a underworld system that you can see from the mythology, but burial and shit, they didn't really care. It was like, you're dead, doesn't matter. The Romans, however, yes, Tori. I'm sorry, I just pulled up the documentary so I could link to it later. And I'm like, yeah, there's just a big <laughs> skull and candles. <laughs> ah. But um, 
but uh the greeks didn't really care about burial because it's like you're dead you go bye and the ones who are in the underworld they they have like some stories and stuff they don't really care how you get down there as long as you have money to pay the ferryman that's what matters if you don't have money to pay the ferryman you're fucked now the romans had a lot of burial practices because they actually hated death and were afraid of it and did not like it so there's some cool roman burial practices uh cremation not being one of them often done they did care a lot about the corpus the body and they really wanted you to go as whole as you could um and they mostly just didn't want death anywhere near them their cemeteries are very 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 far from their main cities and that wasn't for like health they didn't care they didn't have germ theory it was just like we don't want to acknowledge death we'll live forever i'm a god i mean that seems very similar to current belief <laughs> i can't uh, die fun fact, i'm not gonna die please don't show me death fun fact uh the cemetery where my mom is buried is right across from the hospital where my mom died like they face each other so do you want to talk about my traumatic childhood for a brief moment sure we can so my mom had to have brain surgery when i was about six years old and it fucked oh, me up and that's not my oh. mom's fault obviously um please i just like to throw blame. that out there please um, victim blame your mom that needed brain surgery my mom had an aneurysm that started to pop up in her brain and she was having a hard time walking and all sorts of stuff and thankfully she didn't listen to the first doctor who told her oh you know it's just because you have two young children she actually went to another doctor and said listen me tripping up the stairs is not caused by my kids so i need you to look at my head they found the aneurysm mm -hmm. they did the surgery so for years i was absolutely terrified my mom was gonna die i washed my hands like a crazy person i was like mm -hmm. following her shadowing her and so finally she's like baby we need to go to therapy like we need you to talk to somebody so we can get you some help which i love my mom for that so we're in the elevator at the therapist's office mm -hmm. and it's one of those glass elevators that looks out oh i love those so our view was the cemetery right next to the uh six-story medical practice yeah so my mom got to be like it's cool this is this is normal life but i know my mom got her money's worth out of therapy so that's enough there the fun thing about uh, the cemetery for my mom is a, uh, it's the hospital that she died in is it's a weird shaped hospital. Most hospitals are weird shaped when you think about yeah. it. But like this has a really fucked up floor plan, and there's only a few places you can see the cemetery, and it's like the NICU, oh my gosh, and like the ICU. No, because most other places where you peek out, you just see like hospital, you see like infrastructure. And then there's a couple units where it's like, that's grass. Oh, that grass has statues. Ah, fuck. <laughs> and go ahead and put them in the two places where... We think about life and death, I guess. Also, at my alma mater, there is a uh, retirement center for uh, Marianists, which is the Society of Mary, which is the uh, Catholic cult. It is a cult. I don't have time to explain this. Go read the Da Vinci Code. Um, that that started my university. Um, so like it's a it's a premier retirement center for all the Marianists around the world. So you know if you're a nun or a priest or a brother and you're you know a thousand years old and you're finally ready to you know hang up the habit, you can go to San Antonio and live out the rest of your days. And it is directly with it. Like you have to walk through the cemetery to get to the retirement center. In oh all like the front rooms, if you look out, is nothing but cemetery. We have a cemetery on campus. I didn't tell you about that. No, but I believe it based on having driven by it. My school. Okay. Fun fact about like the old Catholic schools in San Antonio, because there's a few of them. When we say that they're haunted we're not fucking around like when we say our school is haunted we're not like oh someone 
accidentally moved that plant closer. No, we have a cemetery on premises that is still being used. If I remember correctly, you were in like a failed exorcism room too. I was in a failed exorcism room and I was in the poltergeist room. Neither of this is comfortable. (laughs) No, I also love the idea of a failed exorcism. Uh, So that's Roman burial practice. It, uh, it happened. Oh, no. <laughs> so, as Tori mentioned earlier, we do have some historical context. Uh, Shakespeare was an expert at the lesson of don't shit in your own bed. <laughs> if you have a problem with how your government is treating you, Please do not draw a giant arrow saying, fuck this guy. So interesting side note about this. Julius Caesar was played in New York in 2017 with Julius Caesar dressed very similar to Donald Trump. Major protests happened in the theater. I kind of don't like that. I kind of don't, because I don't think that I think it's easy to draw parallels, but I don't think that he was like that. One, because he wasn't incompetent. That's the big thing. Caesar was not incompetent. He knew what he was doing. Uh, Okay, Amanda could talk too much on this, so we're going to move on. What's interesting, too, is it was performed a lot during Lincoln's presidency as well, because Shakespeare was usually a lot more accessible at the time than it is now like now we're like oh this is a uh, high culture and there they were like everybody gets shakespeare i uh, i turned on my anachronism counter uh for a couple of tarantino movies one it was a mistake and baby sorry there's a random cat sighting i mean he's not random he's your cat he's my baby <laughs> it's not random it's your house and your cat he he didn't like climb in through the window like the spider i wish he did i kind of wish he did too hello baby but uh i turned on my anachronism counter for some tarantino movies i did not have a good time (laughs) it's like that's not no 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 of so okay a couple of notes on Caesar because I don't think that he was that bad. He definitely wasn't the greatest of the Julio-Claudian emperors, which when I say that, that means the emperors from Julius Caesar to Claudius. There's several in that line. I am gesturing, but you can't see me uh, because we don't put these videos on YouTube. Thank God. Um, so Caesar is more of a title than name. There's actually several emperors that have Caesar in their names. They usually have very long names, which is why I'm not going to say it because I'm tired. Um, Caesar fucked up the calendar, as Tori mentioned earlier. He's also how we got the word cesarean for cesarean sections. Uh, Also pretty sure that's what uh, Cleopatra named her kid. Because Cleopatra did have a kid with Caesar and it was like, oh, we don't know whose kid he is and she's like his name's cesarean it's like oh okay cool we ain't gonna fuck with that uh he did fuck cleopatra a lot (laughs) they were said to be the power couple kind of like before antony but uh we don't talk about that he did have very very thinning bald hair there's some uh, lovely recreations of statues of him with color uh he was not exactly someone who inspired fear or terror. He looks a lot like Judge he looks like Judge Frollo from Hunchback in Notre Dame. Oh my gosh. You're not wrong. <laughs> Thank you. You're not wrong. I was Thank just you. thinking about that. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, like a lot of the color like statues of him have him looking a lot more like Judge Claude Frollo, which I think is somehow worse. <laughs> it's a very scary man as a child. What were they thinking? I don't know. What were they thinking? I just remember that oh. movie getting protested a lot. Tori, I found my movie that's uh, like Anastasia for you as far as uh, oh, anachronisms no. and being inaccurate. I found it. What? Tarzan. 
Which one? The original Disney animated one with Phil Collins. Oh. I was like, that didn't exist. That didn't exist. That's not how that happened. What? <laughs> but Phil Collins don't have to go that hard for us. That soundtrack is a banger. Well, it's like, okay, so I just found out recently that there was supposed to be a Sting soundtrack for um, not Rodel Dorado, that's Elton John. Um, oh my God. Cusco, come on, Emperor's New Groove. Yes, which was there originally was. called something entirely different. And then Disney was like, now let's Empire throw this of the out. Sun. Empire of the Sun. I don't like, so we could have had a Sting soundtrack to go with our Elton John soundtrack to go with our Phil Collins soundtrack, but no. Well, Rodel Dorado is not Disney. I, I know it's not Disney. I know it's not yeah. Disney. It's DreamWorks, if I remember correctly. It is. Um, but yes, that I love that movie. A very under overrated movie. Like, it's definitely not as good as I remember, but it's still so fun. I'm laughing right now because the cat has decided that my lap is the most important place for him to be while we record. I'm totally fine with that. Um, he did. Caesar did want to make Rome great again and was dictator for life, but he was also a great general. Uh, this kind of goes back to the point that I made earlier. I'm not really crazy about that Trump allegory just because in a lot of ways he did exactly what the Senate needed him to do, where he was a great figurehead. He brought glory to Rome like he did shit like he wasn't crazy like some of his later nephews would be like Caligula or Nero or Tiberius like I would actually say for what the senate needed him to do he was a good emperor he won battles he did stuff like he was okay now was he a good person Probably not, but he wasn't Tiberius who had literal pools of prepubescent boys that he called minnows that would swim around him and nibble at him while he swam. I have so, so many concerns right now. So Tiberius had that. And one of the minnows was Caligula as a child after Tiberius had his father killed. So when people are like Caligula was crazy, boom. <laughs> okay, so are we ready for the common phrases that come from this play? Because Go there are a, are a lot. Obviously, beware the Ides of March. Yes. The fault in our stars comes from this. A book that I won't read. A lean and hungry look. It was Greek to me. A dish fit for the gods. Um, there is one that we don't hear very often, but I have heard it in other contexts. When beggars die, there are no comments seen. The heavens themselves blaze for the death of princes. Who the fuck says that? Uh, that's from Calpurnia. Well, but... no, but not not in the not in the play. I've only Wait, heard. Who? I've only heard the heavens themselves <laughs> will blaze forth, but. Um, Wait, who the fuck? Death okay. will come when it will come. Cowards die many times before their death. Um, and then what will come will come comes from that. Etu brute, which we all know. Um, I am as constant as the northern star of whose true fixed and resting quality there is no fellow in the firmament. Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Um, da, 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 da. the one I love Caesar less, but I love Rome more. Or not that I love Caesar less, but I loved Rome more. Friends, Roman mm -hmm. countrymen, lend me your ears. Mm -hmm. The unkindest cut of all. The evil that men do. Mm -hmm. And that's like the main ones. So yeah, uh, we'll probably attach a full list because we don't have time for this show. Yes, I'll go ahead and put a link in so you guys can see where we pulled <laughs> we'll that from. Probably attach a list because we don't have time for this shit. Um, Shakespeare is really, really good at uh, inventing lines and words that we still use to this day. Uh, I don't. Are we ever going to tackle the is Shakespeare a fraud debate? We did the Oxford comma. I think we skipped a debate last year because pandemic. I mean, I don't know that we have done it. Um, or talked about it too much. My personal take on it is that Shakespeare was really good at stealing other people's stories and making them um, into his own scripts. Not like unlike, yeah, not unlike a lot of um, a lot of white people. 
I was going to say a lot of movie producers currently, um, where somebody else has already done all the work, but you add your notes in. I mean, that feels personal now. But um, I mean, it just seems like white people. It's like, oh, here's this like native story that we're going to say is our own and not listen to the natives ever. Just saying. It happens. Uh, we don't have any questions from listeners because, frankly, I didn't ask on Twitter. I put on Instagram, but honestly, all I did was put that thing from Mean Girl that said, we should totally stab Caesar, which is my favorite accidental allusion to, well, not accidental, my favorite allusion to that ever, um, because I love Mean Girls, and I will never be shy about that. My favorite is all the people that put knives into their bottles of Caesar dressing. Yes, because we're going to see that in about two days, all over the internet, all over it. One of my favorite things is just so many, and they'll get like the craft ones because they stand up a little bit taller and just stab their knives into the back of their dressing. Those two things are not related. I know most people know that by now. I still like to pretend that they are. Yeah, it was wasn't Caesar salad dressing invented by a Hispanic guy at his restaurant, or not Hispanic, a Mexican gentleman at his own fancy ass restaurant. So it was invented by a waiter at said restaurant okay. who needed to keep guests entertained while also having a um, an appetizer that they can eat. Because in theory, like at a restaurant, all of the ingredients in a Caesar salad you should have. Because it's actually like, it's a super basic dressing. I don't know how it got so overcomplicated for us, but it, in the, I think it has like five ingredients. Like it Which should is be anchovies. Very, no. There are no anchovies in Caesar dressing. Not in the popular ones, but in the old ones, yeah. No. The original recipe had no anchovy. It had Worcestershire sauce, which has anchovy in it, but they weren't just like throwing filet of anchovy into... So. Like, cut it up. It's delicious. So at the... Uh, oh okay, so the original recipe doesn't have it. Modern do. Yes, because people conflate the two. It's Worcestershire sauce which does have it in it so you're not wrong but yeah like no one's like opening a tin of anchovy and like dumping it into um oh god what hotel is it i think it's the hyatt downtown they have a delicious pasta bar and they serve some of the best caesar salad i've ever had in like a frozen uh case that you open up and they serve little anchovies on the side so i would eat that we'll have to go on a lesbian power date there so you can have anchovies and Caesar salad. Be excited but, um, about it. But yeah, like those two things actually aren't related at all. I still say they are, because you know what? If Caesar can fuck up the entire calendar, I can say he's responsible for addressing. <laughs> that works. We have many, many resources. Did did you have to read this in school? You know what? I didn't actually. Uh, but of course I've read it because uh 10 years of Latin and almost being a classics major, but I wanted to be employed. We did it in 10th grade. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember kind of zoning out after mm-hmm. Caesar got stabbed and then all of a sudden being like, and then these idiots stabbed themselves. I think it's kind of a rough play because out of all the, like out of all the things that dumb American children know, we know the brief play by play of Caesar and his assassination uh, because it's been endlessly sorry your entire thing just cut out for a second with zoom uh, it did yeah you you were frozen uh, it's a rough play because I do think I, we know this play by has been romanticized by mostly white male creators uh, it almost as a Gloriana. There was the death of great creator. Like he's fine. He's okay. Smooth. So I think it he just came back. through as he was the death of a great leader, but it's fine. It's you're like a straight robot at this point. I don't know, man. Yeah. We're trying. Mm-hmm. We're trying. I'm going to stop my video and see if that helps. Okay. 
because I don't know. I'm going to stop your video and see if that helps. I don't know. Okay, so we've both read this. Um, we have a lot of resources. Yes. We'll include them on the website. Yes. Amanda just got kicked off the call again. So I'm going to tell you right now. Our next book is going to be The Crucible by Arthur Miller, mostly because I want to talk about the House of Un-American Activities. Oh, I think she's back. Amanda's back. back! There we go. Um, I was telling him our next book is going to be The Crucible, just because I want to talk about the House of Un-American Activities. Um, what? Committee. I didn't agree to this. <laughs> uh, Fine, we'll read The Crucible. Sorry, I'm having internet issues. So... This is just a brief reminder. No matter what your governor tells you, continue to wear a mask. Don't shame people who want to wear a mask. Don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, just stay safe out there. Uh, we're going to go because I have internet issues and we're both tired. We're all over social media. You can find us on Unfortunately Required Reading on Facebook, Unfortunately RR on Twitter, Unfortunately Required on Instagram, UnfortunatelyRequiredReading.com for all of your follow-up needs. And um, if you want mm -hmm. to donate to the Wine and Cheese Fund, it's anchor.fm slash Unfortunately Required Reading. And with that... Uh, thank, you to our, thank you to our patrons. Thank you. I have to get that in real quick. Uh, yeah, go, go, go read a book. <laughs>